All right. So we're going to talk about raising weirdos and what that means. <laughs> we, uh, we thought this would be a fun topic to go into, um, why we intentionally try to raise our kids to be weird, um, which may sound kind of crazy, but for us, it's that we don't want to fall into the cultural norms. Um, it, for taking care of patients and, you know, we have so many people that come into our office and are struggling in so many areas of life. And it, it, it comes down to we have to do things different. If what currently isn't working in our culture, why not be different? Yeah, and really what it comes down to is, you know, these habits that were created when we're kids. You know, so for us, you know, raising three kids, we have a seven-year-old right now, um, a, an almost two-year-old, and an almost six-month-old. So we have, you know, very young kids in the house, and we know that we need to be intentional with how we're raising them and not set them up, set them up for the things that, you know, Aaron and I have both dealt with when we were kids. So like for myself, you know, the big thing, and I'd say probably for a lot of people is television. Um, you know, I watched a ton of TV growing up. Uh, my parents, when they tell stories about, you know, at, you know, around the holidays, you know, the, w the go-to story, it seems like is, you know, they remember vividly, they would fall asleep and I would be up at the foot of their bed watching HBO. And like, I would hear that intro music and like come running into the room ready to watch HBO because it's, well, it's not just TV or whatever their, their slogan is. And it triggered that for me. And you know, what we're doing now with kids, you hear that, you know, Netflix is very intentional in the sound. So it triggers this response. So like when you open up the Netflix or you hit the button on your remote or you open it up on Apple TV, that da dong, like it, it triggers this response to make us kids. ready to watch TV. Okay. It's TV time. So, you know, that that's for me something that I, I struggle with and we need to know, or, you know, we needed to be intentional and in not creating those habits for, for our kids. And one of the things that, that I kind of struggled with growing up is nutrition wasn't really a focus at all. It was kind of, we just ate whatever. And I was very, very into sweets. And, you know, I remember anytime that we would get little Debbie's like that would be my breakfast <laughs> was to grab a little Debbie. Um, and even in, in high school when, you know, I had more freedom to be able to make my own decisions with things that my parents weren't really structuring my meals, my go-to, I would stop and get a Krispy Kreme donut and a Mountain Dew. And I think about that now, how at all I functioned, um, which I really didn't. I was, I was sick all the time in high school, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, but you know, it, it's hard for me now still, I struggle with. I snacked a lot when I was younger and I didn't, I still don't like to have a, a set structured meal. I would rather just snack a little bit throughout the day. And although my snack choices are healthier now, I don't want to create those habits with my kids that they, if I, if I do that, they see me and they don't want to sit down and have a meal together. They just want to snack all the time. Yeah. So we're talking about watching too much TV and eating junk food. I don't think that anybody would argue that that's really, really common in our country. And, you know, what we wanted to get across or what we're trying to get across is that by us saying that we want to raise you know, weirdos, we want them to be different than what is common. Uh, we're not talking about like social outcasts or anything. We're talking about raising some, following or, or growing up and raising kids 
to be normal, not common. And that's where we have to get the big difference across that, you know, common and normal are two entirely different things. Just because something happens all the time, just because, you know, we grow up eating poorly or we grow up watching television because everyone else that we know is doing it doesn't mean that that's a normal thing for humans. You know, there's cultures all over the world where that's completely abnormal. So when we're saying we want little weirdos running around the house, we want kids that are growing up playing, looking for entertaining themselves or playing with each other, engaging with each other before zoning out in front of a television or, you know, throwing fast food or like junk food, you know, down their throat instead of eating healthy, nutritious snacks, seeking those healthier options first. Well, it's, it's difficult for us to do things different from what everybody else is. Oh, yeah. And so we have to remember that when we're raising our kids that, we want to teach them the why behind it because if they see other kids doing something, you know, we want them to understand why we're, we're intentionally doing things differently. Uh, I love the, the story. We share this a lot with our, our patients about uh, the, the pot roast story, which people have probably heard that, that we, we typically do things in life and don't really think about why we do them. We just do it because that's how it's always been done. And that's a big excuse I would say a lot of people have is, well, I've, I've, I've always done it this way. Well, if what we're currently doing isn't working out, then why not change it? So, you know, that, that pot roast story is, you know, a woman makes a pot roast and she always cuts the ends off of it. And somebody asked, like, you know, why did why'd you cut the ends off of it? And she says, I don't know. That's how my mom did it. And she asked her mom why she did that. She said, I don't know. That's how your grandmother did it. And so they go to their grandmother and ask her, you know, why she ended up cutting the ends off the pot roast. And she said, well, the, the pot that I had was small at the time, so I had to cut the ends off in order to fit it into the pot that I currently had. And so you look at generationally, we can do things and not really understand why. There may have been a reason years ago or there may have been a reason at some point, uh, but we typically tend to just continue to pass those trends down without ever questioning why we do it. And, and that's what Zach and I wanted to be different with our kids is let's let's question why we do things let's question it and figure out how we we want to raise them yeah and that sort of self-reflection is is difficult you know I, I don't I think Aaron would very very readily agree that I'm probably not the first person to reflect on the things that I do and then have that you know I guess the quote-unquote normal response you know, with uh, emotionally I I tend to have two two gears. I'm either really good or like I I kind of keep things bottled up. And you know that sort of reflection is really the things that we have to break for ourselves as parents. The things that we need to do that we don't want to pass down because you know it can say and look all perfect on paper. Our calendar some weeks looks magical. We have everything laid out, everything planned. But then you know one thing happens and it throws everything off, and we have to be willing to adapt. Same thing with parenting. You know I, I think any parent out there listening would agree that you know we could have this ideal of how we want to raise our kids but then when it comes to being in the middle of it it's a lot it's a lot more difficult than it looks or than it is on paper so well and a lot of times in a, a marriage you you realize that you know you're you may be different in how you emotionally react to things and i i look at with our kids god uh, challenges us in ways to help us to grow um but I'm very different from Zach and how I react emotionally. I'm way more, uh, you know, sensitive to uh, the emotions that somebody else is feeling. Um, I'm way more sensitive to how something is said, uh, the tone of something. And, 
you know, Zach is very matter of fact in his communication. So we are both far ends of the extremes. And so we're raising kids to try to be in the middle of that and, and think about how hard that might be sometimes when you're, you're very different as parents and you're combining together to make this version of the two of you. Yeah, you absolutely have kids that pick up the amazing qualities of your partner and then probably some of the not so amazing habits that you have. So I would say, you know, we see it more so in Jude because his personality is becoming very much his own. And with his personality, it's a lot of the the creative, like he wants to understand why. And I love that about him. I love that he's a determined like individual, but at the same time, like it challenges me. And, you know, that's a, a challenging part as a parent when you get questioned and then it makes you, you better know your crap because if you don't have a reason behind it, especially with, you know, a, a kid that is very determined and very smart, he's going to question it. And if you can't defend it, then it's just frustrating. So, well, and with him, I, I don't want to ever use the statements to him as because I said so, because that's how it is. Uh, I love that he, wants to understand things. And I feel like that's an easy response to come at as a parent. But think about what we're doing to them. We're suppressing their that urge to question anything in life. And I, I don't want him growing into an adult just not ever questioning anything. Yeah. So, you know, as we get into it and we talk about being weird and raising weirdos, you know, we're going to go through really the way we approach it. And it's really more so the things that we have to do for ourselves as parents to then be the reflection or have our kids reflect what we're doing rather than doing as they're told and us as parents doing whatever we want or not breaking any of the habits that we had growing up. And when you look at it, what that's led to and getting back into what that commonality is, when you look at even something like with education right now, uh, in 1990, we were ranked we were ranked sixth in overall education in the world or in the industrial, within the 20 most populated countries within the world, we were ranked sixth. And you look at it now as uh, from the Lancet, and this was an article posted from the, uh, from business insider. um, We now rank 27th. If we kept those 20 most populated countries, and then you add the other, you know, the, the other countries that would make up the 20 most popular now in 2016, we rank 27th among those countries. So it's a huge, huge drop. And, you know, being or having my background or starting uh, my, my college education, focusing on education itself, specifically exceptional education, working in the school system and seeing, you know, how dra- drastically different teachers have to teach kids because of technology, because of the things that, you know, kids now have access to. You know, it's it's something that is very difficult to kind of cope with as a parent in knowing that we need to do different things and teach our kids differently so that we can remain successful and as a country still see the success that we saw, you know, a few decades ago. So I think health and education are probably the biggest things that affect our daily lives and how we're raising our kids. You know, I I grew up that I whenever I would have uh, a cold, I, I would go to the doctor and get antibiotics. And growing up, it was probably every like two to three months I ended up being on antibiotics. I got strep throat all the time, bronchitis. Um, I had uh, really severe asthma. And it, it was to the point where, you know, I laugh now, like if somebody coughed or sneezed in a room that I was in, 
all I thought in my head was I'm going to end up getting sick now. So imagine I was teaching early on in our marriage. We, you know, we were married for maybe two years and I was teaching in the classroom and you know, I would say most parents know that kids bring a lot of different germs, bacteria. Uh, you get exposed to a lot, and teachers either are always sick or they have a, like the titanium titanium immune system. And for myself, I didn't get, you know, I didn't show those symptoms of being sick. My body fought it off, you know, relatively fast. Uh, but whatever I brought home with me, Erin had. She dealt with, and she had the fever. She had the not feeling well. It was like she got whatever. I brought home to her. So I was like the little kid bringing stuff home from school (laughs) and getting her sick. And, you know, I I love that, you know, now through being able to rebuild my health and change the habits that I've gone through that my immune system is strong. Now I'm constantly exposed to with, we, we take care of a lot of kids in our office and I'm constantly exposed to things and don't end up getting taken down with it. My immune system can fight it off really well but I think about like that was just normal for me to get sick it would take me a couple weeks I go to the doctor get antibiotics like that was my normal but it wasn't normal you know and that's what I love that I can learn now and I want to pass that down to my kids that that's what people do like that's I, I tell my son all the time like how mom grew up is you know I was sick all the time and I love that they don't have that um but it's changing our our daily habits and the things that we do in order to make health be a priority in our lives. And I, I think, you know, if we go through kind of some of the statistics here, like this is why it should be a huge value for you and your family to, to take care of your health. It should be high on your value system and be putting constant energy into it because right now we have life expectancy, the first time in history that life expectancy is actually going down. So this is a first generation of kids that are expected to have a shorter life expectancy than their parents. Well, and not only life expectancy, quality of life. So we're not living as long, but even when we are living into old age or into retirement, the quality of life isn't as good as it once was. So like we're not able to even do as much as, you know, our parents or grandparents were able to do when they reached the age they're at now. You know, and I think we're, we are seeing a, a cultural shift because of that. I have a, a lot of patients coming in. Uh, in their like 30s and 40s who are seeing the poor quality of life that their parents are now entering into and they're looking at like what can I do now to make sure that I don't end up that way having those limitations like and so we, we are starting to see a cultural shift because that's not how we were created to age very poorly but you know you look at also we have right now one in four kids is on a chronic medication that they're going to be on the rest of their lives five of six five of six people have heart disease or cancer Um, cancer right now is one in two men one in three women like these numbers we we can hear these statistics but when you really sit on that and and listen to it for a little bit like it's not a matter of is disease going to affect me and my family it's we're pretty much waiting for like when and what am I going to do when it happens? Yeah. When, when is this going to occur? And I want to raise kids to be strong, to not have fear and to know that they are doing something different, that these statistics don't even apply to them because we're not doing the things that everybody else does that is leading to these statistics there. Um, you know, and, and really looking at in our country right now, like what we're currently doing for healthcare is leading to maternal death rates are increasing in our country while every other country they've gone down. 
Um, in 2008, our infant mortality rate, uh, we were ranked 48th in the world. Um, and in 2015, we've gone down to 59th. So right now, we have the position of having the highest infant mortality rate in the entire world. Actually, Guam and Cuba have better rates than we do. So more babies survive on the first day of life in Guam and Cuba than we do in the United States. And, and you know, really think about that. We're, we're, you know, as a country right now, we're talking about putting a wall on our southern border to block illegal immigrants from coming in, when in reality, when it comes to at least health and having a child, most Americans would be better off fleeing to Mexico to have that child because the likelihood of something not going wrong is greater in Mexico than it is in our own country because of the system that's in place. And that's that's really tough to that's a tough pill to swallow. And, and the reason that we're we're really sharing this because we want that to sit in as to finding the the really reason and anchor onto why we have to do things different. I think people have a lot of safety and security and we have amazing technology. We have uh, had amazing advancements in healthcare. We have so many doctors. We spend so much on healthcare. But yet, if you look at the numbers, we're not getting any healthier as a country. Things are actually getting worse despite having all of that access to those things. So we have to look at like we're very thankful to have those things in a crisis situation, but that's not set up to actually keep us healthy and well. That's our responsibility. That's our daily actions, the decisions that we're making. And and so I don't want us to have to rely on a crisis care system. We need to make sure that we're teaching our kids that they have a responsibility to take care of their bodies, not have to rely on crisis. Yeah, a big thing that we talk about is, in, and actually Jude kind of threw this at me one time. Uh, I forget what the exact situation was, but he did something that, I did not like and he just looked at me and very plainly looked at me dead in the face and he said well that's what you earned and it really <laughs> stuck it's because you know I, I did something that made him angry and he reacted and I earned it based off of what I did to him so we've used that and we've said that to people that we that we get to see in the office we've said it at workshops it's you know it's it's what you've earned and when we look at our health whether it's good or bad we've earned it and you know, we're really quick to accept the uh, the the congratulatory part of health, like, oh, you're you're such you're in such great shape, you have such great health, great it, discipline, you've done yeah, a great job. But then, when we aren't doing well, when we you know when our body's expressing symptoms for something, when we have a fever, when we're throwing up, or when we have a disease process start, if you tell somebody that you love and care about, well, that's what you've earned, that pisses them off. They're like, well, screw you, I no. It, this just happened to me. So we have to look at it at both sides. Whatever we're doing, good or bad, we're earning something. So that's something, uh, you know, funny. We always have these conversations is how often is the, the verbiage that we say, my my grandchild made me sick. Yeah, like they held a... <laughs> you know, I have people come in and say, I was around this child and that, that child made me sick. Um, we, we, you know, really debunk that all the time it's that your immune system should be able to fight something off and if you end up coming down with something something you did dropped your immune system so you know we always talk through like 
Have you, you know, been eating bad? Have you been eating a lot of sugar, which suppresses your immune function? Have you not been? You've been under more stress. Yeah, been under more stress. Have you not been doing things to take care of your health? You know, why did you end up coming down with that? Because, you know, you look at how often all of the family members can be exposed to the same thing, but not everyone ends up coming down with symptoms. If the person who has a strong immune system fights it off without all of the symptoms showing up there. And, you know, we look at it's not just the direct exposure. It's also how strong our immune system is. So we don't want to blame other people. Um, and we also don't want to hop to like blaming genetics. I think that's the, the, the next thing is like, well, you know, I have heart disease in my family. So uh, it's not that I'm not exercising and eating like crap. It's just my genetics. We want to put that blame and shift it somewhere else, even though that's been disproven since the 90s that we can alter our genes. Um, it's called epigenetics that, you know, they actually found within three months of lifestyle changes, you can turn on or off hundreds of genes. Like that's pretty cool. And I, I want our kids to understand that and not have a, well, it just is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. We want to empower them. So as we get more into this, as we, you know, we share more uh, podcasts talking about you know, what it means to be born bold. Uh, and, and essentially what we're talking about is, you know, doing things differently than everybody around you, living that bold life. And it starts, you know, from birth. Uh, you know, we're really going to be talking about the, the way that Aaron and I approach, you know, various situations. And when we look at it, the starting point for really any big changes you make have to happen with yourself first. So you know, if you have kids or grandkids or you are working around children, whatever it is, you know, we can't just make these changes instantly for them. We have to change ourselves first. And, and you know, and it a lot of times takes that looking back and reflecting at, you know, why you're doing the things that you're doing, what you were raised and exposed with. And then knowing that and being okay with having to put the work in to make that difference and make that change in yourself first so that your kids or whomever you're around makes those changes with you as more of a, a reaction rather than something they're forced to do. And why we thought this was important to, to share with people is because, you know, like Zach and I just talked about, we didn't grow up just doing all these healthy things. You know, people look at now like we integrate exercise as part of what we do as a family. Like that was not how I grew up. Um, you know, Zach wanting to cut off the amount of TV time that we have. Like that's not how he grew up. Um, eating healthy foods, like that is not at all how I grew up. And so it's something that we have to, we've had to make these changes and we've had to, you know, really focus on it. And so we want to share kind of the, the struggles and we want to share the things that, you know, that we've researched and that we've really looked at as far as, you know, we help hundreds of people be able to, to overcome, you know, chronic disease or, you know, health issues that they've had and be able to really move towards living their best life and, and reaching their God-given potential. And so through that experience, we want to be able to share with you guys, um, you know, really what we do as a family. So as we, as we release more of these podcasts or these shows, uh, you know, the biggest way to help that that reach grow is by, you know, sharing this with somebody that, you know, uh, sharing with, uh, friends or family members, um, subscribing to us and then liking and commenting. Let us know what questions you have. The easiest way to, um, really influence what we talk about. If you have specific questions, you can connect with us both personally on, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, you know, for myself, it's Zach dot bold city on Instagram. And then Facebook, if you search Zachary Zovath, you can connect, 
uh, let us know what questions you have with Aaron. Uh, it's Zovath on Instagram and Dr. Aaron Zovath on Facebook. So connect with us. Let us know what questions you have. We, we look forward to really making this a valuable resource for people to make an impact with their overall health and then ultimately change the direction and trajectory that our kids and our society is going. And one powerful thing for us is that in saying that we want to raise our kids to be weirdos, I want them to be around other weirdos too. <laughs> and so that's how we say to share with the people you know close to you, around you. We actually are creating um, a monthly uh, moms group in our office that we can start to connect other moms who you know, they, they teach their kids to choose healthy foods that, you know, my son, when he goes to, you know, a birthday party, if they are eating, you know, not the foods that, that we eat, um, he just knows that he's going to have something afterwards. And I want him to be around other kids who eat healthy and exercise and get adjusted and focus on health as a family. So he can learn like that should be normal. Unfortunately, it's, it's not, it's not common, but that should be the normal, um, being sick all the time and destroying our health and making bad choices and not even having any focus on what we're putting in our bodies. That's not normal. And so I want him to be around and, you know, even us as parents to be able to get a stronger network and tribe around us who are doing these things the same. And so then when he has the freedom to make his own choices, he's going to be able to anchor onto what actually is normal. Yeah. So Next show, we're going to be talking about what it means or what it looks like to break some of these habits, you know, what it looks like to break the habits for television, how, you know, the, the system that we put in place to, you know, make sure that we're not zoning out in front of the television for hours at a time, uh, the, the system that we have to make sure that we, if we're going to be snacking, that it's going for healthy snacks, uh, what dinner looks like, how we prep as a family, because, you know, Aaron and I both are relatively uh relatively busy people with you know going into the office raising family taking you know patient care on uh and what that looks like and how we do it so you know these next next few episodes that we talk about are going to be focused specifically on the practical side of making your health a priority so we look forward to sharing more of these things with you and giving you guys the tools that we have really worked hard to implement love you guys